right, we'll go that. Sorry for the. It's all right, Nate. It's okay. <laughs> Good evening and welcome to The Joust. My name is Nagy. I'm here as always with my co-host Liam McNeil. Liam, how are you tonight? I'm wonderful. Thank you, Nagy. Very, very good. Isn't that just the catchiest intro? It's wonderful. It is. It's a fantastic very song, good. courtesy of our good friends over at Narmate. But Liam, uh, we're going to start with some news that uh, kicked off just as we were sort of walking in the door. This happened today, uh, here on, on Tuesday. Uh, there's been a press release regarding uh, former knight Jared Mullen. Now, um, the press release basically said that uh, it was confirmed that Jared Mullen uh, suffered a, uh, an overdose mm. uh, in December. And he was rushed to hospital, spent several days there, that reporting that it was a near-death overdose. And uh, he's now out, but he's now under investigation, uh, task force investigation, which I always get the impression that there's sort of an Elliot Ness, sort of the, uh, <laughs> the in, uh, when there's a task force, you know what I mean? I always yeah. think it's, they're breaking down doors they're with like shotguns. The, like the pink men from the, from the uh, what was that era where the US didn't allow booze? Yes, Prohibition. Prohibition. The pink men, the Pinkertons. Why were they called that? Well, because they uh, were originally formed by, as a detective agency uh, by, I think, William Pinkerton. And they were called the, the Pinkertons because they were the Pinkerton um, agency. They were actually external to the government initially. Right. I just read about that just the other day. I'm really glad you brought that up, actually. <laughs> it was so serendipitous. Yeah. But on a serious note, Liam, Jared Mullen is now under investigation. Uh, and it seems like he's, uh, since his current suspension, which doesn't seem, it seems like he ended his career uh, and he's gone into a bit of a, a bit of a spiral. I was shocked to hear this. I, I, I knew that uh, Jared, obviously, you know, getting a four-year suspension on the back end of your career is not something that you'd like and the media scrutiny that came with it. But it was such a such a blow to think that uh, not, not only a four former Knights player, but a former Knights captain and mm. someone that was the core of the side for so long. Uh, and, and now it's like going to be caught up in this uh, long end, long-ended uh, controversy that seems to be uh, just kicking off. That is, that's it. And it's, it's hard to think about, you know, uh, what happens to players after they've finished up or after rugby league's done with them and kind of wipes their hands of them. And it seems like Jared may have gone down a path he might not have had he, you know, continue playing football or you know whatever so it, it's a really sad story it's really you know i think it's going to hit a lot of newcastle people really hard because like you said he was such a a core of the team for so many years 211 games i'm pretty sure it was he played and you know newcastle fans we always kind of like to look after our own we always get worried you know when something bad happens to one of our own and yeah to see it happen to mullo it's um it's saddening and and also very worrying but um you can kind of you got to sympathise with him a little bit, I think, because since the day he left school, he was the Newcastle number seven. Yeah. And that's got to be one of the hardest jobs in Australian sport. So, you know, the pressure put on him, while I'm not trying to be an apologist for him, you know, it's he's still always been in a tough situation. He's always had the world on him. He's always, obviously he's in a bad spot at the moment, in a bad place mentally and, um, uh, you know, going having a very near overdose around Christmas time uh, obviously shows that something's gravely wrong with his life mm. uh, and obviously with the, the suspension that happened um, about 12 months before that, uh, before we kicked off 2018 season, look, obviously his whole world was, was shaken and um, yeah, look, it's a very difficult time I think for, for Newcastle fans as well to, to think where does they put them in, in relation to this uh, but you know, I think um, uh, Phil Gardner, the Knights CEO, came out recently uh, this morning and said you know, 
Jared is has been uh, he's been close to Jared for for most of his career. They said he said he's actually a distant cousin. Yeah, of, distant of, cousin, and being a West Junior Phil obviously had a lot to do with him throughout his early years. Yeah, and it was yeah, and just to see this uh, to be this at the end, I'm really hoping for uh, redemption, whether it be rehabilitation or if he gets uh, you know reprimanded for something uh, criminal that he's done, and 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 basically that he gets looked after because at the moment it seems like uh, you know it, he's been abandoned by the game. It's sort mm. of he's been rubbed out by, by uh, all talk of the game it's sort of a bit of a, the name that you don't say um, so look I really hope that uh, he's on a, a better path now fingers crossed yeah but on to other things now Liam um, we obviously had the game on Saturday night we did let's lighten the mood a bit <laughs> and talk about a loss <laughs> <laughs> There's, uh, it was 14-16 uh, at the end Liam now Liam you were at the game I was I was at the game and uh, just left feeling empty hollow mm bereft of life you know <laughs> it was it was a it was a really tough one to lose How it was a tough one to lose what was the energy throughout the game was there hope was there there was hope initially and right up until about the 70th minute you know there was a lot of there was a feeling in the crowd like we might just boil this over we might just get it there and it felt like the crowd was really really uh willing the team across along and willing the team over the line but just seems like we couldn't will the ball into those players hands you know we crossed the line three times for uh, to get denied and yeah it, it, it was just an air of excitement that turned on a dime with about two minutes to go it turned on a dime you were saying one of the commentators mentioned that it was like a game for real rugby league uh, yeah uh, I, I heard what do um, they say rugby league rugby league purists purist. they say it's not for the casual fan it's, it's a game for the purist which generally means it was a a shit game. <laughs> yeah. um, that seems to be a, a funny part of rugby league uh, talking heads parlance. Yeah. If it's a bad game, it's one for the purists. Purists. But um, like, yeah, look, like there's little things that you wouldn't have noticed yeah. if you were just the casual. Like fan. you see the angle of the knock-on. That's good. That's good if it if they get it just right. But yeah, it was it was a frustrating game. You know, there were so many chances, so many opportunities, and just didn't didn't work for both teams. It was a frustrating game. It, it was. Yeah, it was like you were saying before. You know, even if the Knights had won, you'd walk out of that one thinking, oh. A bit indifferent. I'll take the two, but I don't really care about them. Yeah, look, it wasn't a game that you go, we're going to build off that. For mm. both teams, it seemed like there was big holes, um, both you know physically in in the in the defensive line. Mm. But no, but like the big holes in consistency throughout the eighty minutes. And after that game against the Sharks, where we just looked like we did just did enough to hold them out throughout, you know, most of that game, and we kept the contest sort of in our favour. It just sort of flip flopped. And the that worst game. part was it came out and started so strong that opening twenty minutes. I thought the Knights were quite dominant. But to finish that 20 minutes with only uh, a penalty goal, it, it was, again, a bit disheartening. I think the fans after 20 minutes sort of saw this is going to be a long, tough one. We're in for a real brawl. There was a lot of, uh, you know, after two games, there's been a lot of um, talk about Caelan Ponga and in the 5-8 mm. role. Um, I think we've got a clip here of uh, the first time the Knights got on the board. Um, Liam, do you want to walk us through? Yeah, now look, this one... If we're getting the ball right here, we've got Sione playing the ball. Jesse Ramian at hooker. Now, it's a very good play, that one. And it was a play that almost yielded results later on in the half. Uh, later on in the second half, sorry. Mm. And it, it's a good play. It's a very good play. And obviously, we benefited there getting that penalty. But it seemed like at that point in the game, from being there at the stadium, the fans wanted to go for the points. I know... They uh, looked to the bench immediately, said, should we get take the two? I think at that point, the fans were baying for blood because we'd been dominant for the first 10 minutes. And then that penalty goal felt like it, it really let Penrith off. It really kind of op eased, on, eased off on the pressure valve, which was a bit worrying. Because, um, yeah, they'd had all the ball. They'd had all the run of the 
of the territory in that opening ten, and yeah, it just felt like that uh, penalty goal was a bit of a a bit of a pressure release. Yeah, it's sometimes when you make those decisions of like you've got the opportunity, do you take the two? Will mm. this come back and uh, be an important two to take? And uh, potentially it could have been if we got one of the later tries. So maybe that would have been the right decision mm. uh, in the long run. But well, that's it. You only look at these decisions when they don't pan out. <laughs> if, if the Knights <laughs> end up winning the game, we're like, well, well done on taking the two. It was a wonderful decision. Yeah. But uh, yeah, unfortunately not this week. I think also we've been jaded from having uh, the years with Wayne Bennett, where he Bennett would take ball. he would take the two every time. Like if there was a penalty, take the two. But I tell you what, the NRL's done a, a little bit different this year. They've it feels like they're, they're, it's more free flowing. There's not as many penalties as, as shown after two rounds compared to last year there's a lot less I think last year at this point there was 20 penalty goals and this year there was only six which I think a lot of the uh, again your television talking heads are cheering about because they were the ones that ended the crackdown last year so <laughs> they don't uh, you know they've got nothing to complain about this year yeah look it's it's an, uh, it's a bit of a but on, on KP, I, mm. I really thought that there was a lot of criticism his way. Uh, but then he came up with this for... After the Penrith scored, we came up with this uh, for his first efforts. Uh, really showing his 5.8th prowess. Now, this was an absolute beauty. I, I know last time they tried this play a number of times, but the wingers just didn't have that finishing now. So they yeah. weren't quite as... Um, you know, a strong close to the line. So yeah. they play it, obviously, close to that 20-meter uh, inline. And then that opens up a huge open side... And that pass, that right to left pass for 15, 20 metres to an unmarked Edric Lee, that's, it's one of the best passes you'll ever see. And again, we saw him throw passes like that a fair few times last year, but oftentimes the wingers would be out of place or kind of missing and disappearing. Feels like he's now got the targets to hit. He's got that in his arsenal. He's got the targets to hit. Those passes uh, you see in, you know, um, degrade touch games. They're the, like the, this. The Hal Marys <laughs> that when they when they come off, they look uh, magnificent, and they also get thrown around in lot in in park footy training sessions. Mm. Like, uh, mm. but so rarely you see a pass like that actually come off and and hit on the chest and run in for the score. And it really like it excited me to see that. I, I think the the criticism that that Kalen's got this year, he obviously burst on the scene last year, and the expectation of uh, of him sort of uh, breaking, you know, nine to ten tackles a game mm. and, and 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 being the, the game winner. Um, having a game like that, right there, within the first half, he could have been... Uh, he set up a try and he could have very well scored the first one if he wasn't obstructed. It's just those little moments that uh, could have turned the result as well as turn your whole opinion. When you're looking at the score sheet in reflection, you're like, oh, well, Kalen didn't do anything. Um, and then you look at a pass like that. Obviously, it was one-off and you wanted to do it again. Uh, but those are the key moments that I think we've been lacking for the last few years, those oh, sparks. Abs- absolutely. We've definitely lacked that spark. We, ha- we haven't had the player to, to pull that off. So it's nice to finally have that player. Penrith really came through with... Um, they, they talked about that it was effort. They said they, they out... Uh, they out-enthused. Enthused, yeah. Yes. They, those effort areas. Uh, and obviously they had that miraculous um, try that I think only gets scored against... Uh, Newcastle Knights sides <laughs> where it's it should it should just be end of play it should be oh the ball's just going to trickle out now and there's just a, this an odd bounce and it's then it. it hits a hand and then it hits a head and then it comes off the back of a boot and then the touchy knocks it with his flag the ball was almost at that pie stand at the back of the family hill <laughs> yeah. it had gone that far out of play and so then a gust of wind oh, came and blew it back in gust of wind with the name of Malachi Watanaza Lesniak <laughs> that was but you're right it's those effort areas you know it's those tiny little one percent centers that only ever rarely come off but they've still got players playing for it and the Knights just kind of 
let it. I don't think they'll let that one bounce again this year. So hopefully there's something learned from they it. Did everything right in that? You know what I mean? Like mm. it should. It shouldn't. You know, you don't want to make a play and then it, your your foot's basically on the line anyway. And you think I'll oh, just leave it. Like they, there was two players shadowing um, Connor Watson and was it SKD possibly or on that potentially? side. Yeah, it was one of another player. And he, like you think, well, there's no way that someone can get they, to that ball and put it downwards. They had the ball surrounded. It was it was surrounded on all sides. Yeah, and then you know just like if it grazes. Um, Connor Watson's nose is in a touch, and then mm. you know, obviously we got to reprieve them. But it's, but it's just one of those one of those things where you just think at the moment, I really wish that could happen again, <laughs> and uh, and we wouldn't go down the same path. Mm. But but you that's know, the way rugby league ball bounces, Nagy. That's, that's why it's an oblong. It's it's the bounce of the ball. The bounce of the ball. Why did they make it that shape? Oh, that's, well, that's half the fun. Well, I suppose soccer ball shape was already taken. Well, then you so. just have Gaelic football. That's right. A great game in and of itself, but not one we can write a podcast about because <laughs> we know very little about. Gaelic football. Gaelic football. Don't come to no. us about Gaelic football. Um, it's, it's great to watch that. I've watched a few games of it. It's very, very good. Well, that's the only international AFL that they have, isn't it, Gaelic? It is, yeah. The, every three or four years, they pick an Australian team and they pick an Irish team from the GAA, the Gaelic Gaelic Athletes Association. Um, and they're all actually still amateur and they sell out 80,000-seat stadiums. Is it a mix in the Gaelic football rules? What they do is they call it international rules and they combine certain rules from AFL and certain rules from Gaelic football and it always ends in heaps of fights. <laughs> it's, actually, it's probably the best AFL you'll ever watch because it's just peppered with fights throughout. It's wonderful. It sounds like a hockey match. <laughs> it does, but yet they're all wearing really short shorts yeah, and, and uh, no sleeves. And not as not as many sticks. No, far fewer. There's still some sticks, obviously, but, but far fewer. <laughs> yeah. But um, we got back into the game in the second half mm. uh, on, on the courtesy. Uh, we were pretty much, you know, uh, it seemed like Penrith had all the momentum and they feel like if they got one more try, they were going to lock us out of the game. Um, but we saw something from Mitch Barnett mm. that we've been wanting to see for a while. I'm I'm a big fan of starting Mitch on the uh, on the bench because I think he's got got a bit of a loose cannon in him. Oh, he does, doesn't he? Well, look at his tramp stamp. <laughs> what man with a tattoo like that on his back would not be a loose cannon? He's yeah, and uh, he's just got that little bit of mongrel uh, that you just want. And he showed it in his ball running. He had a really mm. solid run before this, and then we saw this out of him, which uh, led to our second try. Now, it's funny watching this play. This is the same play that Penrith used to score two of their tries around that. Um, that uh, bat back try. So you've got Pierce coming across the field and just that hard straight unders line. And um, yeah, Penrith uh, scored using that same run for Isaiah Yo and Raymond Fatala Mariner's try. Yeah. So it I was all it was Fisher Harris. No, was James it? Fisher Harris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, it was James Fisher Harris. Yeah. So it says hyphens. Yeah, there's, there's so far too many hyphens at the foot of the mounds. <laughs> Gavin, what? Yeah. No, Gavin doesn't have one. He's just Morton. Gavin Morton. No, yeah. Gavin Morton. I thought it was Gavin Morton was was his surname. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I thought his first name was Rick. He loves <laughs> the show. Good good friend of the show, Gavin. But yeah, that was a play that was. Because the defensive line seemed to be fairly strong throughout, it was just those one-off plays where you switch the point of attack and someone hits a hard unders line there and they score. So, And more to come on Barney when we go to our hats off. Yes. Now, I really thought there was uh, a period in the game that that it, it, it seemed like that it should be coming up to the second half. And I looked at the clock and there's still about 19 minutes to mm. go. Did it feel like the game was wrapped up? It did, Like sooner yep. than it should have been? It or really is that just did. me? What's yeah, no, the, the last 20 minutes felt... Like an eternity. Like an eternity. Yeah. I, they look. It was the Knights looked gassed. They were doing a lot of defence, and then mm. Penrith looked gassed, 
and it seemed like the Knights sort of swung the momentum back around, probably uh, with the inclusion of Aidan Clareher as well. Aidan Clareher. Uh, coming back on, coming onto the field. and, and it's excellent off the bench as well, actually. I'm liking our bench rotation at the moment. So am I, yeah. And then it's, uh, and you know, and then obviously we had the opportunity to take the game out. Um, with only the, the, the sort of, how, what would you call the effort from James Maloney? I would call it exactly what you expect from James Maloney. When big plays happen, he will make them. And uh, yeah, this one was particularly special. Edric, uh, I think we've got a clip here. Elliot, um, Edric, he, he had eyes for that line again, you know. He really, uh, you just saw him light up. You could see it from, you know, 80 metres away where I was sitting. Oh, sorry, we've... Um, no, sorry, this is another really, really good point here. This is Caitlin Ponger um, yes. missing the... Um, this is... Look, Caitlin Ponger comes in and misses the misses the ball, uh, but it's called a try. And this is another reason why, if we, you know, just a few inches, just a few key moments in the game, uh, Caitlin scores that, scores up the other end, we win comfortably, mm. and he has an excellent game. Um, and so, But this one was slightly concerning because... He quite clearly missed it. The ref was really close to it. If you see the ref there, uh, and Kalen's arm misses it, uh, Penrith knocks it out. You know, you could say that, um, but the ref gave it try on the field, which made the video ref have to prove that it mm. wasn't a try. Hence, we had the 20 views. And the, and, but that really annoyed me in the same way that when Penrith scored and it wasn't conclusive like that and the ref was also there, mm. he just blew it. Yes. And then the video showed that possibly didn't reach the line. Now, Maybe a few blades of the painted grass touched the ball and it seemed like, it, you know, it was... And that was the, was the Yo. Was the Isaiah Yo. Isaiah Yo, yeah. Is that Isaiah Yo? Is that his surname? Isaiah Yo. Yo is just... Just Yo. Just Yo. Like so, the rap term. <laughs> so it's just Yo. Just and, Yo. And that try really annoyed me because for a few reasons. One... He was concussed, and it said he wasn't coming back on the field. And then he came back on the field. Oh, I know. Nagy, are you taking it personally this week? <laughs> this could be Nagy taking it personally. <laughs> Nagy takes it personally this week. Yeah, look, it really was. I did take it personally because we, we, last year and the year before, crackdown on, on concussions was mm. huge. It was, oh. the, uh, And then last game, Isaiah Yo got a concussion, was removed from the field. He was removed from the field again, and it was reported that he'd failed his test. And then but the, the commentators said that even if he had passed his test, they wouldn't risk him again because he's had his second uh, consecutive <laughs> week of concussion. Then he just takes the field. He was just there again. He and just kind of wandered on. We've spoken about in uh, in our very limited experience of when you're coming off the back of a, a concussion, sometimes you can play good football because you have absolutely no regard for safety. Dallas Johnson springs to mind. Yes. Well, we all remember Dallas Johnson, arguably the most concussed man of all time, playing an origin game after being out cold 15 minutes in. He played the, <laughs> and the rest went, of the game. He went on to make 35 tackles yeah. or something. Incredible. Yeah. And it's it's those sorts of things that you, we've got to protect players' safety. And mm. like you call me, you know, a, a whinging loser, if you want, and you wouldn't be the first to do so. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's like, if, if it says that you know, they're not going to risk the safety and you know, he's failed his test, so he must have passed his test and they've still made the decision that he needs to be out there. Obviously, that worked for them on the scoreboard, but now he suffered two concussions in, in consecutive games and he's going to see a specialist. Nagy, I agree with you. Strip the points from Penrith. <laughs> Strip them, I say, Todd. Strip them You're cracking down, Todd. You're cracking down on everything. He listens to the show. Yeah, yeah. As we know, Todd listens to the show. Strip them the two points, please. <laughs> it was... Uh, Don't was even it... need to give us two points. Just strip the two points from them. So I'm liking how the referees are doing uh, more on-the-spot calling and giving their... I think it's a try, blow mm. it. I'm all for that. But then again, look, if, if you've got these things and you see it a slow-motion replay, obviously you're going to have these questions that... Um, 
if you've got the technology to, to use right there and you, you've just gone, no, nah, I'm pretty confident about yeah, this. Yeah, it did. But the, it, it just seems odd. It, it seems it, odd. That's all it was. But it was one of those games and... Uh, Mind you, if he blew that try against Kalen, like for Kalen right there and then it was a big air swing, it, it, the game would feel dirty to win. Yeah, like, like the, uh, the manly win in the rain the year before last when Aquila Uate clearly dropped the ball and oh, the yeah, Knights were robbed. I haven't mm. forgotten that one. No. But um, yeah, and I, I spoke to Manly fans after that and they said, nope, feels great. Winning with an incorrect <laughs> call. So I'd love, I want to experience it because apparently it feels wonderful just because you won. We don't feel like we get too many of those. But then but then we had the chance to wrap up the game oh. once again. We won back the ascendancy. It seemed like the game uh, winner from the previous uh, week uh, in uh, Eddie, Edric Lee, um, had the opportunity uh, to win the game here. But it was the mammoth effort from James Maloney. As we said before, I do like this play with, if you notice, SKD is feeding the ball onto Danny Levi, uh, which frees up the two hundred. Uh, to really move the ball and then Connor Watson comes in and draws the two defenders Edric Lee all he has to do is put the ball down you could say possibly it was the first contest that he beats which forces the ball almost behind him mm. to give uh, James Maloney something He's to hook onto. He's got a tenuous to. grasp on the ball, oh, yeah. you would say. Yeah. Yeah. Like I do with the English language. <laughs> so, oh, you're doing wonderfully now. You're doing very well. <laughs> so obviously that was given a, that was given another one given a try and proved to be a no try. So, um, But like James Maloney, mammoth effort here to really scoop his arm up not only under, roll his body under, and then manages just to flick the ball into the air, uh, which is, oh, I suppose it's sort of Eddie that does it as well. But it's it's incredible to think that James Maloney at his age mm. is still making these sorts of plays. But that's why clubs keep signing him, and that's why the clubs he is signed for succeed, generally, because of plays like that. Yes, he'll, he'll miss plenty of tackles. He'll give away plenty of penalties. He's currently the most penalised player in the NRL. But... When apples come to oranges, yeah. when that happens, you want Jimmy Maloney on your team because he's going to do something like that. Is that an expression? Is it when apples become it, well, oranges? Uh, no, it's, no. It's a, I'm using a very different expression. I'm putting my own spin on it. Yeah, please do. Putting my own spin. It's, uh, you know, we'll be touching a little bit more on this on Six mm. the Best a little bit later as far as players that have a few more rings on the tree uh, but uh, continue to perform well. Now, Liam, do you have any uh, other comments on the game? I do. Now, as we are doing this season, which I think has been pretty damn good so far, we're putting our hats off. To mm. you, the fans, the Knights fans. So on uh, Twitter and Facebook, every Monday I'll be putting up a poll to uh, decide who will get our hats off for the week. And for the second week running, this man's very popular in Newcastle already. It's gone to David Clemmer. Now, David got 83% of the Facebook vote over mm. Lachlan Fitzgibbon and 47% of the Twitter vote. I uh, ran for 198 centimetres, 70 post-contact metres and 34 tackles. I mean, y- you kind of expect a player to have a bit of a warming up period. Uh, when they yeah. come to a different club and try to fit into a different system. But it seems like David Clemens turned up to training and hasn't missed a single beat. He's already pulling out numbers equal to what he did last year in a terribly beaten side every week. He's really proven to be the signing that you hoped he would be. Yeah. But I was... I'm surprised because I was I was thinking I'd have to wait for this. Yeah, but he's just started doing it. It's brilliant. It's very good to come into a new side with a new hooker, new half as a prop. You know, it's going to be hard to to sort of find those because props meters are really been made um, straight off the ruck. You know, to get that timing to hit the ball cleanly and the the meters over the ads line and post contact. But he's just such a he's such a big powerful footballer that he's he's managing to 
go over 200 meters and he nearly hit 200 meters again mm. uh, which numbers that we're just not used to seeing uh, in in uh, Knights colors but uh, yeah, big hats off to, to David Clemmer this week from the fans but my hats off this week will probably go to uh, Barney's back and I'll tell you what 40, 41% of our Twitter followers agree with you Barney is back now Barney he only had a 38 minute stint so mm. it wasn't the longest stint in the world but I feel like that's the perfect length of time for him mm. 35 to 40 minutes he ran for 79 meters three tackle busts a line break 30 tackles and that obviously beautiful try I think it's just you know it, you just got to use him like that like get it, get out there son mm. go get it Jamie Goddard style you yeah, know? <laughs> yeah just got to go out there and yeah. get it yeah. but yeah I think Barney's in for a big year I think that bench spot really suits him I think it's it good. suits him down to the ground um, other notables were Lockie Fitz he took out 70% of the Facebook vote uh, 109 metres three tackle bus a line break assistant and offload I was a bit worried uh, he Went down with during cramps. the game. Went down with cramps. Oh, just cramps. Yeah, Obviously, yeah. I didn't have the uh, the the commentator on it. They didn't the know game, at the time but... either because he's come off. He, he complained oh. about it, then he came off, and he was grasping at that leg. But it was. Yeah. It didn't look good. It didn't oh look my good. goodness, it didn't look good. So that's a great news, Nagy. Thank you for the very good news today. We might have to get him on some sort of salt tablets. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> for those cramps. Apparently, they're very good for it. Yeah, <laughs> or just have some zoom in two minute noodles at halftime. We're loving hearing from all of you as far as the hats off for mm. this year. So please keep voting. Now we're going to take a quick short. Halftime break, and we'll be right back for the second half of the jest. We're good. We're done. It's thriving AM radio. <laughs> Welcome back to the second half of the jest. Now, Liam, something happened on the weekend. Yes, uh, it did. And I'm not, I'm not too proud to say it. Ooh, uh, Maggie, be- what's this? It, look, it was it. Something happened that that I wasn't expecting. You know, there's some people in this world that you mm-hmm. admire. Yes, and you hold them. In, in high regard. You hold them up as though they were gods. Yes. This is that very person. A god who has fallen to earth amongst us mortals. Yeah, look, one of those people uh, is Patrick Richardson. Oh, he's a good friend of the show, Patrick very, Richardson. Very good friend. He was on uh, a Mad Mondays episode, our final Mad Mondays episode, I believe. One of our best episodes, I, I thought so too. I think they're all our best, though. But pa- Patrick, a uh, good friend of mine, was uh, invited to a party that I intended on Saturday night. Uh, Saturday night? That lines up very conveniently with the Knights game, Nagy. Yes. Now, Liam, this was, it was uh, a party that was planned for at least two months ahead, and Patty let us know the night before that he just couldn't make it because he's too busy at work so we were watching the game at this party all enjoying ourselves it was themed uh it was 90s themed i came as uh, bananas in pajamas uh with my girlfriend cass were and you b1 or b2 i was look it was clearly established that i was b2 <laughs> <laughs> it was, there was no argument about who was in charge cass there. is wearing the blue and white striped <laughs> pants in this relationship yes very much so and so we're all very excited and we're watching the game and then we saw this on the coverage i think we have a clip here now, this to me just looks like a very innocent uh, shot of Nathan Cleary attempting to convert a try. Is that what that looks like to you, Nagy? It does, until you look into the bottom corner, and I think we have a still here as well, of that man right there. That man looks familiar. Yes, at the very time that he said he was unable to attend the party. Due to work Due to work. Due to work commitments, very busy. In fact, he was there watching the game. And I call this our first lowy of the season. Our first lowy, a low act of the season. Now, Nagy, <laughs> as Knights fans that we are, surely going to a football game ahead of a party is a very good very good thing to do, Nagy. It what's, was, uh, what's raised your ire, pray tell? <laughs> it was just something that I didn't expect. It, look, it wasn't the fact that he was at the game. It was the fact that he was being deceitful at the game. <laughs> 
Like, it made the whole game experience for me feel filthy. And it already wasn't a good game to experience on television anyway. <laughs> it was it was like watching someone with the X-Misses. <laughs> and, and my X-Misses was the Knights. <laughs> <laughs> He's dancing around town behind your back. Oh, Patrick Richardson... Shame on you. Oh. Shame, shame, shame. I'm you- sorry we had to air this so publicly, Patrick. We'll get him in for some mediation. Karen, we'll get Ka- Good, Karen. can you please call Patrick and uh, tee up a mediation session? Fax him. Fax him. Yeah, fax him, please. <laughs> he checks but, his fa- fax very regularly. Now, Liam, you notice the mugs are no longer on the table, but we are drinking something else tonight. We are. We're drinking the beautiful 262 Novocastrian Blonde Ale from Murray's. It's a beauty, easy drinker, very easy to come by. So just trot on down to your local bottle shop. Perfect for drinking while you're watching some bloody good night's action. Absolutely. And we've got a game coming up this week on mm. Friday night at 6 o'clock. The Graveyard we're Shift. Back to the Graveyard Shift where, you know, the... You think <laughs> the Graveyard Shift couldn't get worse either? It's the Graveyard Shift in Canberra. In Canberra, yeah. <laughs> in the <laughs> nation's capital. Yeah. Also, if you're going to be watching an away game, Liam, this week, because uh, now, obviously, uh, the game's in Canberra. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't think you're going to make the trip down to Canberra. No, my bike's got a flat tyre. So, <laughs> so where will you be riding your bike to? to watch I'll be game? watching it at the Commie, but the bike's got a flat tire i'll be walking <laughs> i don't care rain hail or shine snow hail or he said hail snow fog i'll be walking to, to the commonwealth hotel to have a few beers and watch some footy so feel free to pop in mm, please. A wonderful venue and a good place to watch the footy please say hello now liam six o'clock uh, against canberra now i was really concerned this season because after the two games uh, I looked at the night side. And I was like, "That's a strong side. That's mm. a top five side." I thought, you know, I, I might have said differently a few weeks ago when we <laughs> said what a prediction. But I, I feel like we have the the talent on the field uh, to to really crack the top eight and and make ourselves known. However, I'm struggling to see. I think this the whole standard has been lifted as far as sides uh, uh, playing each other and and you know I think we have a very tough start to the to the year with. Um, with, with Penrith and the Sharks, and I think we've we've shown that we're we're doing well. We're not conceding many points. Mm. Uh, we kept it uh, well under twenty for for both. And you know, if if you can average around ten uh, for you know most of the season, you're looking at a, a finals berth almost guaranteed. So that that's looking really good. But Canberra looks dangerous. They do. They played against Melbourne last week, and they did go down to Melbourne. But even in losing to Melbourne, they played quite well. Um, so knowing that they can. They can play well despite losing and coming off that that loss with a bit of a bounce back. Yeah. Canberra's going to be a really tough prospect, especially down there. Um, they've got Jordan Rapana back. He came back last week. He was meant to be out till round ten. Scheduled and- till I heard initially it was round twelve to thirteen. Yeah. Uh, he's instead come back in round two. Yeah. And I'd love to see Nagy. I would love to see what the Asada boys are doing around Canberra <laughs> at the moment. If there's any testing, I'm look. I'm, I don't mean I'm not making any accusations. Accusations. Uh, let it be known. Please let it be known. I'm not insinuating anything. <laughs> I'm not making any accusations. But he but recovered really quickly. He recovered from really quickly. <laughs> yeah. Ten weeks ahead of schedule. Um, so yeah, Asada, if you're listening, maybe just <laughs> pop down and say good day. But. Again, I'm not making any accusations. Yeah, maybe, maybe when he's at the urinal, just you know, <laughs> throw a tray down, throw, throw a Chinese container down at the urinal. But um, that leads back. me into who we need to watch out for because our our 17s remained unchanged, so we've got no ins and outs to go over. Mm. Um, again, surprising given what I thought Lachlan Fitzgibbon had gone through. I was overjoyed when the team list came out and he's still listed. So same 17 as last week, which is good. Um, but obviously that Leipana right side combination of Joey Leilu and Jordan Rapana are back and they are at their best. They're probably the best edge combination in the National Rugby League. I don't care what anyone says. What they do together, it basically has you know dragged Canberra single-handedly out of games 
when they needed to. So they are to be kept a close eye on. It's interesting to see, like, you know what we're going to get in Canberra, especially this time of year? Is it going to be, you know, snowing or is it going to be 45 degrees? Mm. Uh, Canberra's such a, a such strange place. It's, it is. It doesn't really make any sense to me. And, and only <laughs> only makes sense when you're in year six and you go to the Questacon. I didn't even get to go to Questacon. <laughs> Why not? I don't know. <laughs> oh, because year six I was up in uh, Sawtell and that's just too far on a bus. Elliot, our producer, went to Questacon and, uh, and <laughs> when he was there for the school. And if you remember, there's a quite a like a probably the most exciting thing to do at Questacon the is slide the slide you put overalls <laughs> on and you have to go you climb up these stairs and it's probably I don't know I'm going to say seven or eight meters up but it feels a lot higher <laughs> and you have to hang off a bar and re- release your hands because once you're hanging on the bar they say specifically if you're all going are you hanging by this point uh, and you wear this like weird hard hat which I don't think will help you at all but you, you, when you're like if you're at the bar you cannot come back and they, they make that very clear it's burned into my mind but uh, but so Elliot decided to face that fear of uh, of of uh, hanging and not being able to come back but it's foregoing the whole experience <laughs> and did not do the quest going slide Elliot I would have done the same I'm not a man for heights myself don't care for him and I don't see why anyone does and terrible <laughs> also I saw Sean Lazenby uh, the, one of the admins on Die Hard Newcastle Knights down there uh, with his family uh, enjoying the full week down there at, uh, at in Canberra oh, nice. before the game I don't know how you can fill a week with activities in Canberra <laughs> just one a day one, <laughs> there's seven activities to do <laughs> So one week is the perfect time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. But there's another man we need to watch out for, Nagy. We've digressed. Mm. We digress a lot, don't we? we? Um, Josh Hodgson. Now, at his best, he's probably the second best hooker in the game. Mm. Behind Cameron Smith, he really gets their forwards moving moving on to the ball really well. And he's got a great kicking game. So a back three are going to need to be on their game. He's just, after Cameron Smith, the best hooker probably in the world when he's on. And he's obviously had some troubles last year with injury, but he looks to be firing this year. So the Knights are really going to have to tighten up and control him as much as possible. I think with Canberra going this year for a much smaller, much more mobile pack. I was going to say they've trimmed down. They've they've really trimmed down. I think that's, one area the Knights can really get on top. We've started to discover that the Knights now have a good forward rotation that can roll through a smaller pack like Canberra. So I'll be interested to see how the uh, the battle of the middles go. Um, John Bateman, another one to look out for for Canberra. He's uh, played the first two games from England. He's English, come over. Yeah, another was, Englishman yeah. down there in Canberra. And yeah. he's been phenomenal. He's been absolutely massive. So they'll need to get a lot of numbers in around him and just shut him down. He did the classic trick the other day. You pretend to throw the ball and the person flinches and then you point and laugh. That was very funny. I haven't seen that in a long time. He was very good. <laughs> it was a Mick Ennis special. Yeah. And uh, John Bateman pulled it out in his first game in the NRL. And yeah. uh, the man flinched. Oh. And also the players like Jared Croker uh, mm. down there as well, a constant performer. Like you know, he'll finish the season with you know ten plus tries. Obviously, can kick goals from pretty much anywhere. And he he's just one of those players that you know at the start. I think it was a, uh, I think he had a stat where he hadn't scored a try against Melbourne Storm in his whole career. And uh, then it came out in the second half and he scored two. So he's huh. just one of those players that you got to watch and you can never write off because he's he's. Just one of those talented guys, a little bit smaller for a centre these days mm. uh, than than what you usually see. But then that's it. He's not your big yardage making meters up the middle type centre, but he'll be marking up on Jesse Ramian, which I'm licking my lips at that prospect. I think Ramian can do a serious number on him. Croker's shown that occasionally when there's a bigger centre up against him, he can get dominated. Mm. And I, th- I I get the feeling if Jesse Ramian gets more early ball than he has been so far, he's been a bit starved. He could do a number on Jared Croker. Speaking of uh, centres, Liam, mm. um, Tao Tao Moga. 
uh, face the courts recently, and uh, he was uh, pleaded guilty, um, received um, I don't know, what did he receive a fine, a two match ban, and a two match ban and from a, the a hefty fine, and the the two match ban, however, was given by the NRL Integrity, Integrity Commission. Yes, uh, our good friends over there, uh, uh, Jonathan Farnham and uh, Richard, Richard Martin, Richard Martin, dear yeah. friends of the show. Yeah, they phoned up and they said, look, we're going to give him two, and we said that that's fine. Yeah, we're happy with that. We think that you know that suits. <laughs> we think the punishment suits the crime. Look, it's just nice to be part of the process. <laughs> it's nice that they gave us a call. Yeah, it's. Uh, it's strange, you might say, but also we really appreciate it. We're quite close. But um, so it's... it's. Uh, how do you see him coming back in the side? Obviously, Heimel Hunt uh, played the game. Look, uh, Heimel's been good. Yeah. I think Heimel's done enough to really earn that spot that he's playing in out there on the... Le- one of them. One of them. One, yeah, of, one yeah. of the centre. It's because they swap. I'm pretty sure it's... Yeah. They swap, There is see. a bit of swapping and changing going well, on. Well, no, they like they swap at half time, so it's uh, it's hard to keep track yeah. of your left and right. But either way, Heimel's been playing well, and you're not dropping Jesse Ramey, and he's had two quiet games, but we know what he can do, and when he has gone in and looked for the ball, which he has quite a bit because he's not getting it out wide, yeah. he's been very damaging. So <laughs> I think Tau is going to have to bide his time in reserve grade for a bit. Yeah, especially yep. coming back off that ACL as well. I think he'll he'll play a bit in the Canterbury Cup before he features uh, in the first grade lineup. But again, it's that beauty that we have now of depth. Of yeah. depth, mm. we've got Heimel Hunt, who again has acquitted himself very well at centre. The Sione can always slide back there. We've got you know back row ranks to fill that as well. It's just a, it's an odd feeling having a strike centre injured and I'm not counting down the seconds till he comes back it's going to be uh, int- I think that Jesse Ramian hasn't seen that much ball because uh, I think it, the Pierce to Ponga is more on like the right to left mm. uh, and he's obviously on that right hand side so I just feel like that he's just not getting that sort of um, set plays that mm. that uh, that he could be getting so yeah but it's going to be interesting to see I reckon he's going to be close to the line I reckon he's going to beat the first defender and just muscle his way over I think he's that kind of player and he showed oh, absolutely. that for, for Cronulla last year mm. So it's going to be an interesting uh, game against Canberra. Also, Joseph Tarpany is not in the side with a finger injury, which is good. That's very good because at his best, he's a very, very damaging player. Can't believe the Knights let him go. Well, they offered him a good contract from memory. They offered him. Can't a... believe he left the Knights. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> they, they, I'm not even sure. Like they, I think now he's playing his best football, but he's been on half a million a year since he left the Knights. Huh? Yeah. Uh, the Knights I mean... off. The Knights offered him fourth, one point two or one point one over over three seasons. To Stay, and he's and Canberra offered him one point five, and oh, then he left almost well. immediately. <laughs> yeah, I can't say I can fault him for that decision. Well, that was that was. I think now he's he's been on half a million a season, so I'm not really sure they've got the value out of him yet. I think he's still um, probably playing his best football now. So mm. he, he, I'm just happy when ex Knights players aren't playing against us. So <laughs> it's not that. Oh, we, you know, why did we let him go? Yeah, understandably. Very understandably, Nagy. <laughs> now, Nagy, have you yeah. got the time? Oh, I think it might be time for the news. Nope. What have we got the news this week, Lynn? News has been uh, fairly uh, low-key this week. Obviously, we covered the big news bit, uh, news piece off the bat yes. with the uh, the Mullen situation. The Mullen identity, supremacy, what, the situation. We're calling <laughs> it the situation. Um, obviously, Tao Moga, we've just gone over. But uh, TPJ, Tavita Pangai Jr., has mm. this week told Brad Fittler yeah. he's pledged his allegiance to the New South Wales Blues. Yeah. He mm. came out pretty strong. <laughs> I say pretty strong. He looked 
incredible against Cowboys. He was unstoppable. Very, very he good. Broke Jason Tamalolo. Just broke him. Which is not an easy thing to do. No, I didn't think the man could have any structural problems. Yeah. Because he just was built that way that, uh, that you know, he'd have some sort of reserve knee that he could just <laughs> mold, mold straight in. Like there was, he kept a spare kneecap at the back that he could just shift around. But not when it comes to our... VB New South Wales Blue <laughs> yeah. to beat a Pangai Junior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or to his new New South Wales. Bryden's Lawyers, New South Wales Blue, sorry. Is that who they are? That's this the year? sponsor, yep. Oh, okay. Bryden's Lawyers. So I think he's, he's going to be a huge in for a New South Wales forward pack that really did phenomenally well last year, led from the front. But when you notice when RCG went down, they had to get Matt Pryor in, a bit of a journeyman, someone mm. to kind of just fill the gap for a wee bit. Yeah. I think that role now has got to be TPJ's. He's, he's basically. He's, he's got to give away the jersey now. I feel like one of the starting prop jerseys on his early performance, it's only two rounds in. We shouldn't be talking origin, but I don't care. I love state of origin. I think TPJ basically has a New South Wales jersey to lose. Yeah. Well, you heard it here first. <laughs> good friend of the, And probably elsewhere. Good friend of the show, Dan Flegg, mentioned that mm. talking about origin at this point of the season is like uh, when you see um, hot cross buns and Woolworths on January 1. <laughs> <laughs> it's just too early, but it's at the same early. time, you're excited for it because you so know it's excited. coming. I can't wait for origin. It's going to be wonderful so that's that's huge obviously he's foregone uh i believe he was uh eligible for tonga mm. and you know seeing what they were doing with fafita and taumalolo declaring for for the mate ma tonga um i think that's a big get for the blues a very big get yeah now next item in the news this is a bit of election news uh for all you politicos at home yeah, uh new south wales has it- voted in gladys <laughs> we've got gladys again yeah um we won't go into our voting preferences on here. That's a personal matter that yeah. we'll keep between ourselves. But yeah. Gladys is back. Yes. And what that means now for Rugby League in Sydney mm. is that the development or the, the, the knockdown rebuild of the SFS and the redevelopment of the Olympic Park are to be going ahead. I thought they were both going down completely. Is, is this the redevelopment of the Sydney uh, Olympic No, uh, SFS is going to be a knockdown rebuild, knockdown but rebuild. Olympic Park is just going to be a redo. Look, I, I'm, like, I, I'm happy that they're doing something because I remember I went to the Australian-Lebanon game mm. um, in the world, the last World Cup. I didn't know you went to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would have been a good uh, arbor. It was a fun game mm. uh, to go to. Um, lots of energy, but I tell you what, after going to the, the SCG uh, a couple of times in a row and you sort of get used to that sort of fit out and where how everything's structured as far as, you know, access to seats, where the toilets are, what you know, where you can get a beer and how quickly you can get back to your seat, blah 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 blah. But then it's I went to uh, the was it was Alliance Stadium. Alliance yes. Stadium. Um, and I remember it was just being so awkward sometimes to get to your seats. You keep walking to try to get to the corner and then the wall just meets and then there's one aisle. Well you'll remember for- we went our uh, first Joust field trip. Yes. A Joust excursion we went to Allianz. Yeah, it's an interesting arena to watch rugby league from but uh, mm. I think it's it's long due for rugby league. You know, we need a real boutique, outstanding uh, stadium and precinct in the heart of Sydney. Yes, that's where you know it, it, when you get down to it, it's an ex- all of NRL is an extension of a Sydney comp. Yes, and if Sydney doesn't have the best stadiums in the competition, then something's gone wrong with the competition. I'm looking forward to an upgrade, uh, and mm. also it, it aligns with the uh, the Western Sydney uh, the, well, where Parramatta will be playing mm. as well. I can't remember what that name is, of the stadium is. I think it's just Parramatta. Parramatta Stadium, we'll call so it that. We'll call yeah, it that. We we'll like that. that. So it's it's good to see that the game um, and those sorts of stadiums where they're not the eighty thousand seaters, mm. uh, which looks dodgy on the telly. You know, you, you keep them to the 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 more more intimate ones, even though they're you know it might be forty to fifty thousand seats. It's a, well, it seems to be very in vogue at the moment. The they're calling it the boutique 
rectangle stadium. So yeah. you'll see Amy Park's an example. Mm. Um, Seabus Super Stadium up in the Gold Coast. Yeah, they're, yeah. An, they're an example of well as well of smaller, about 30,000 yeah. rectangular stadiums purely made for rugby league and a little bit of rugby union as well, but basically a stadium catering to rugby league. And that's what Sydney needs. Yeah. And, you know, you hear all these people say, why don't they spend it on the schools? I said, well, they are spending a lot of money on the schools. This is a very small package. I believe it's a $2 billion um, program. And when you compare it to the, I think, $180 billion that they spend on schools, it's not bad. I tell you, uh, <laughs> Those numbers are not correct. So please look up your own numbers. I tell you what's uh, also is new, Liam. That's uh, on the rebuild is uh, a certain TV personality coming back to Channel Nine. Daryl Summers is returning to Nine. Daryl Summers is returning to Nine, Nagy. Yes. And what it, will Daryl Summers be doing on Nine? You wouldn't believe it. He's doing an Australian tour of all the finest vineyards. Huh? Yeah. You wouldn't believe what they're calling it. What are they calling it, Nagy? Daryl's Barrels. Daryl's Barrels. And da- that'll be on Channel Nine. Channel Nine. This seven, winter. Seven thirty Thursdays. <laughs> you wouldn't. But you so wouldn't. right before the foot. Oh. Yeah. Not right before the footy show. <laughs> you wouldn't believe it. <laughs> Daryl's back. <laughs> Time for six of the best, Liam. You're six, six of the best. best. Better than all the rest. Yeah, six of the best this week, Liam. After the round that we've just had, mm. where it, uh, it seems like... These players that you would write off their their career as they're done, they're past thirty, uh, and they they shouldn't, you know, they're they're wanding into their retirement, but they continue to play really good football. Isn't it? They're, they're, there's this sort of enigma, and mm. all these players seem to come from Queensland. They've got something going on up there yeah. about forty years ago. Yeah. The water was just right that they've got a whole bunch of players thirty who were thirty plus. Kind of at their peak. You know, you, you hear that heavy water, soft water. Is that a thing? Heavy water, soft water? Hard water, soft water. Yeah, hard water, soft water. They Can had we, the balance. Well, you know what heavy water was? What? Heavy heavy water was what they used to enrich plutonium during World War Two, And it was uh, part of the, the Nazi attempts to uh, create an atom bomb. They had a heavy water plant in Norway. And it was actually one of the great raids of the war. Right. Where the uh, British SAS and some Norwegian... Um, Freedom fighters, resistance fighters, uh, destroyed the German heavy water plant and uh, basically ruined the the Nazis' whole plan of uh, enriching uranium or plutonium or whichever one it was. Wow, that's what heavy water is, Nagy. <laughs> Thank you for letting me know. But now, Liam, we have six players. It's a pleasure. Uh, six players <laughs> that just keep performing. Uh, that seem to be performing beyond their years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember uh, back when the 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 greats of old. Like uh, Brad Fittler and Joey Johns, mm. uh, they hit thirty, and they were sort of like, "Well, we're getting old now." Uh, long <laughs> in the tooth, I believe. They're long saying. in the tooth, they're a bit banged up, and they both sort of called time in their careers, or had you know had retirement in the future. But these players kept playing on and are playing really good football. Who's your first pick? Uh, look, my first pick, and it's got to be a current player. I mean, Cameron Smith. Mm. He's thirty-five now. He's going to be the first player to play four hundred games in. Uh, well, I don't want to say rugby league history, but you know, in the in the history of professional rugby league in the NRL, in the NRL, yeah, in the NRL yeah. era, he's going to be the first player to play 400 games, and he just seems to be getting even better. Mm. Like I've w- been watching him a bit the last year or two, especially when I finally put aside my origin biases yeah. and decided to pay attention to the man and see what it is he does on a football field. It's quite something. He's really... I can't believe I slept on him for 15 years. I was like, well, he's not good. He just <laughs> well, has a Queensland jersey on. But he's he's a very good rugby league player. And as they've been saying uh, for the last three years, well, he's another year older. He's another year older. Well, he now just, he's the last of the, the, the big three, and they're still performing as well as they ever That's had. it. He seems to be uh, uh, turning down the idea that... Uh, 
I've lost my train of thought, but he, he's like a fine wine. Yeah. Actually, we'll, so are all of the players we're going to be discussing. So I'll get that metaphor out of the way. Yeah. All six players we'll be discussing are like fine, fine wines. wines. Um, Nagy, who's your first? Mine has to go to Beaver Menzies. And, like, oh. and, and you were saying someone that could have um, cracked 400. He was let go by Manly when there was a lot of salary cap pressure. Uh, he played his last game in a winning grand final against... Uh, scored a try in that winning grand final as well. And he, and he But then he went on uh, to the UK and played another four seasons. <laughs> <laughs> and if there was a bit more uh, flexibility in the salary cap for a player that had stay with one club uh, we could have seen him break the 400 uh, he was just incredible he's just one of those players do you know why his nickname was Jesus I thought his nickname was Beaver <laughs> well no he had another nickname and it was Jesus and was they called him Jesus because he played at the right hand of God and uh, God, of course, was Cliffy Lyons. Of course, Because right. uh, Beaver used to run off Cliffy Lyons' right hip. Yeah. And so, yeah, bit Cl- uh, Cliffy was seen as God and Beaver was uh, his minion coming off the right-hand side. I so. thought it was Michael was the right hand of God. No, I'll have to recheck my scriptures on that. Sorry, Nagy. I'll, uh, look, I'll, uh, listeners, I will confirm that for next week. But uh, for now, okay. we're going with Jesus. Okay. <laughs> Uh, back to you, Liam. Who's your uh, third pick? Oh, I've got another Queenslander, Billy Slater. Yeah. Now, obviously, as a, as a young punk running around, he was just fast. He was lightning. He was everywhere. But then as he played into his 30s, he redefined the role of fullback again by becoming this incredible organiser and this general and the man who, you know, organised the defensive line like no one else has seen before. He was calling plays from the back. He really revolutionised the role of fullback. And as he hit 30, he just kept getting better and better. There were those obvious uh, injuries that cruelty season somewhat but yeah I feel like he into his 30s got a lot better as well and we'll finish up of six of the best with uh, our last pick Robbie Farrow just to bring it back to the Blues um, uh, he's you know found himself in and out of first grade comes back to the Tigers uh, and uh, ends up playing um, he's on the Tigers on top of the table I have to mention uh, they're on first time in their franchise history and he comes away scoring two tries last week or he scored in both games and setting a bunch up and, and he's 35 uh, playing along wonderful? playing alongside Benji Marshall as well who has to be an, another pick as well. Yeah. Uh, I also had Corey Parker, just to round things out. <laughs> the Silver Fox. The Silver Fox himself, another great Queenslander, another great footballer that has played well beyond their years. Uh, quick uh, summary of the uh, the lower grades for the Newcastle Knights. Yep, Island. quick wrap of the lower grades to round things out. Now, in the reserve grade Canterbury Cup last week, uh, the Knights unfortunately suffered a loss against Penrith, 20 points to four. Next game will be away against Mounties. Harold Matz got a win against the Roosters. Uh, Central Coast Roosters, 40 points to six. They'll be playing the Rabbitohs next away. They're currently sitting top of the table in Harold Matz. Um, SG Ball also suffered a loss a bit closer to the Roosters, 24 to 20. They've got the Rabbitohs away next. Jersey Flegg also had a loss. This isn't a good week for the no, juniors. Jersey Flegg had a loss, 24 to 18 there against the Raiders away. They'll be playing the Curtain Razor to the curtain raiser um, for the NRL game, the main NRL game. And the Tasha Gale Cup had a win against the Steelers. And their next game is against the uh, Indigenous Academy. And the Tasha Gale Cup girls are coming second on points differential. So they're they're very much in the race uh, to take out the premiership. If you can, get get out there and support the lower grades for Mm. all the Newcastle Knights family. Yeah, absolutely. Shout out to Ben Talty, good friend of the family. Um, He played in the Jersey Flag. Oh, good on you, Ben. No, sorry. He played in... um, SG Ball. SG Ball. 
I never know which age groups are which. <laughs> they should just put the numbers on them instead of the names. It really confuses me. Sorry, Justice. It's a confusing time. Thanks for joining us uh, for this week, Justice. Please get down to the comedy to watch the Canberra game. If you like us on, if you like listening to us, like us on Facebook, uh, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, all those social pipes. Every Liam. single pipe. Thanks for joining me for another week, Liam. Tune in next week, and we're gonna have some special guests. Nah, mate, the Songmans of Newcastle will be joining us <laughs> for the uh, whom? The, the Songmans of Songmans. Songmans. They sing songs and uh, and they'll be joining us next week so please tune in for that it's been an absolute pleasure thank you very much Liam